All right, this video is going to be embarrassing, but I can almost guarantee you, if you're an entrepreneur or you're anyone who's gonna make any sizable amount of money, it's realistically, without hyperbole, probably gonna save you about $400,000. I'm not even exaggerating, because I see almost entrepreneur, anybody I know that comes into any sizable amount of money, they make these things, they buy these things. There's this void that sucks you into it when you're an entrepreneur. This, this bag of stupidity that just begs you to reach into it and says, if you give me cash, I'll give you something cool, and then you put the cash in there, and you don't get it out. And almost every entrepreneur I know has done one of these four things. Now, me being the most woke, most successful business advice guy on YouTube, also a billionaire with a fantastic body. I know, thank you, you don't have to tell me. I like to go hard and when I win hard, I also lose hard. So I'm just gonna share these with you because if you just apply this, this is probably gonna be more useful than any business training I can ever give you on the channel. And to back up that point, if you make it to the end of this video, I'll show you where to get like 40 hours worth of my business training it's 100% free, I'm not selling it to you, and that's just your reward for making it at the end of the video. We'll talk about that at the end of the video. So let's just get into it. Number one stupidest thing you can ever do as an entrepreneur. Number one stupidest thing ever, write a book. Every single entrepreneur I know, the second they make like a million dollars, or any amount of money, they write a book. All right, first off, when I wrote a book, yeah, I knew some things about business. I was pretty smart. You were not competent enough at anything two, three years in the business to be telling anybody how to do anything. Just shut the f up and work on your business. Small tidbit, if I didn't do any of these things I'm about to get into and just focused on my top three best-selling products of all time, my margins would be so cataclysmically huge and I could have worked about 20% of the hours I worked. I'm not even kidding because the products that I had that generated the most money, I rarely worked on the most. I always worked on these side projects that were stupid. The stupidest of them all, writing a book. Why, why was it so expensive? So when you write a book, first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna go through a publishing agency and they're gonna try and sell you a few things like, oh man, you wanna go with our, our publishing company, advertising. We're gonna go and get you featured in magazines, publicize you all over the place. It's just gonna cost you the low, low fee of $53,000. I think it was about that. This is all paraphrased by the way. Of course, when I launched my book, I sold a lot of copies. I sold a lot, a lot of copies. My uh, publishing agency or whatever that I, I paid the 53000 to, I, I really don't think they sold any. I don't think they sold any at all. We got like a post on CNBC, which shows up like 15th, 20th, 50 spots down from my name in Google. So no one's ever read it ever. And that's about the only thing I can think of. On top of that, so here's the funny thing about books. You know all the books in the New York Times bestsellers list? Most of them didn't sell enough books to break the New York Times bestsellers list. This is a double whammy with the book. So anytime you see a marketer go and launch a book and say they broke the New York Times bestsellers list, USA Today, they sort of did. What they do is they sell mass packages in their books in return for coaching, tickets to event like I did, so on and so forth. And so what you do is you sell, for example, coaching for a person that buys 500 copies of a book. And you basically do that over and over and over again until you have about 30 to 40,000 copies sold. Then you take all the money to buy those books and you hand it off to this routing agency that then puts the books in stores and then buys all of them back with the money. And then that's essentially how you break the New York Times bestsellers list. So I paid this agency to do it for me. And no, I have no shame in saying that. Almost every marketer book you see on the New York Times bestsellers list, this is what they did. We're not that popular. Morning after we launched the book, morning after we launched the book, call them up. Hey, I paid you $30,000 to go and break the New York Times bestsellers list. Did we do it? No. Then we sell 32,000 books? Yes. Why aren't we in the New York Times bestsellers list? I don't know. Can I have my money back? No. Why? 
Mm-hmm. Click. $30,000 down the drain. Combine it with the marketing of the book that was pointless and the trying to break up the New York Times bestsellers list that was pointless. That was about $80,000 lost. But then, oh, it gets worse. Let's get into number two, events. So the first thing you wanna do when you make a lot of money is you wanna throw your own bar mitzvah. You wanna throw your own entrepreneur quinceanera. quinceanera. Why? Because you're successful and everyone should know about it. So I wanted to have this big old event in Vegas. This thing took so much of my time, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of time, but let's just get into the event itself. So when you throw an event in Vegas, one, I was an idiot, okay? First off, idiot. Everything I'm telling you here, it's mostly just because I'm an idiot. That being said, Vegas hotels are the scammiest little, oh, they suck. They're terrible. They don't do anything straightforwardly. There's all sorts of tens of thousands of dollars of hidden fees. And so what I did is I threw an event in Vegas and they also tacked on that I had to fill out a bunch of hotel rooms in Vegas uh, for the event. And I said, okay, cool. We'll block them off or whatnot. So what they then did is they raised the price of all the hotel rooms or the hotel room prices got so incredibly high because there was a country music festival going on across the street that no one could buy these hotel rooms. And so first off, the hotel tried to make me pay for about 200 hotel rooms, like $160,000 worth of hotel rooms. And I was able to get out of that, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. So I had Grant Cardone come speak at it. I had Ty Lopez come speak at it. All the, all the good ones, all the hits. And so there's like $55,000 right there. And then renting of the room, which anywhere else I could have had it in Austin, Dallas, it would have been like 10,000 bucks. The room with all the stuff in it, like 60 grand. Then you had to pay for this electrical crew that was never there, literally never there at all. The, the entire time, they would come in once or twice, poke a few things, that was it. Like 15 grand, just for them to stand by over the weekend. This is all paraphrased, these aren't the exact numbers. Cause I don't quite remember. It was a lot of money. And then I had like this DJ who was there for like $5,000. And all he would do is like play eighties dance music whenever you went on stage. And this is what happens when you're an idiot, by the way, this is, this is all my fault. So I had this big event and we had people promote procs event. We, we sold a lot of tickets for event and overall for like two months work worth of work, tons of stress, pretty much broke even on the thing. The biggest waste of time ever, ever to celebrate my book launch. So two things right off the bat, don't write a book, just shut up and work on your business Two, Don't throw events. You don't need to throw events. Don't, don't throw an event. You're not that cool. Just sit in your house. Literally, I make significantly more now without leaving my house and working on one business that sells one product. Speaking of multiple product businesses, the next thing you do, as soon as you get successful is you look at Elon Musk and you go, okay, Step number two, I made some money, start five new businesses. So I started a supplement company, made multiple softwares, and I also made a com competitor for Fiverr while launching an autoresponder and running an SEO business. What was wrong with me? Like I was, I was like, what, what is going on here? I have no time. And like all these businesses aren't really working. Why? So all these businesses sort of worked. Conquer uh, actually exited and uh, sold the ClickFunnels, which pretty much gives me a net on all of these. I had this supplement company where I invested about probably around 120,000 in total. And while the company worked, the advertising worked and we were on our path to make it back, I realized when I was building Market Hero and at this one point I was like, I can't build Market Hero and I wanna convert it into Hyros. There's no way I'm gonna be able to run and build an adequate software company and supplement company at the same time. So I basically gave that business to the partner. I just, so that's like, I would say like $40,000 lost right there. And I was literally this close to making like a lightsaber replica company too. I was really stupid. I have no idea what anybody watches this channel. 
So third thing, as soon as you make some money, don't go and start other businesses. Just work on the one thing that made you money. Just do it better. Seriously, I, I couldn't stress more. If I just focused on my SEO business, I probably could have gotten that business. It was about 300,000-ish to 400,000-ish a month. I could have easily gotten that business to 800,000 a month, put in a CEO, said Sayonara, if I just worked on it for another two years and do anything else, probably exited that business for at least 30 to $40 million. Instead, didn't exit for anything because I was working on 10 other different things. Not to mention that this completely hamstrung market hero, which was my autoresponder, and you saw I interviewed Nathan Barry like, I don't know, four months ago or something like that. He's the owner of ConvertKit. Their business was able to go, when we started Market Hero, from zero to, they're now at like 1.8 million a month, just because they worked on it. That was the only thing Nathan worked on for five, six years while I was working on eight different businesses. Why do you think my business lost? If you want to lose money like crazy and never make your money back, and let me be frank, Overall, my net numbers are still very, very good. That's because I'll hit a home run business or my habit in the past was to hit a home run business and then try to start like eight other businesses. Stupid, don't do that. Just keep hitting the home run. However, if you wanna lose money like crazy, do that, do that. Then finally, number four, bad hires. I cannot stress enough. There's, there's two types of hires that are gonna lose you the most money. First off, there's the bull Okay, so there's this one BS developer who I worked with and they talk, 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 talk. Never hire a developer that talks. Never hire a developer that talks and promises a lot of things. Anyways, work with this guy on two projects. We launched one project. We got it to like $100,000 a month and then he just like all the code fell apart. And so we had to like basically close down that business. So boom, just this is a great idea too. Someone like copied the idea, made a slightly better software and then blew that software up. Okay. So because I'm an idiot, I'm like, all right, I'll work with this guy again because don't listen to people that do this. Except for me. So another software man, we were working on that uh, Fiverr competitor. Dude literally went in uh, after I let him go because his code was terrible. I don't remember what it was. And he redirected all the money going from the Fiverr site to his PayPal account. And it took me quite a while to catch this. Now, this was after its, its peak. It wasn't doing too hot. It was doing kind of well. But he sent himself quite a bit of money. Another developer I actually had on Upwork tried to go, this is, this is a huge one. When you're hiring on Upwork, make sure you have a limit on your billing, okay? Because what developers will do, especially the ones you think are super nice, say, hey, can I add a few extra hours? Can I add a few extra hours? And then they'll go and add like $20,000 worth of hours over two months that they didn't work. It's an easy way to lose a lot of money. And then if, they, if you don't catch it soon enough, they can run off with it. So don't do that either. BSers. And I'm not going to name other names. There's been plenty of people who I've worked with that just didn't deliver on anything they said they were going to do. All of them were talkers. All of them were talkers. My CTO and head of development right now at Hyros, he does not talk very much. My COO does not talk very much. My head of analysis, he talks to me a lot. He doesn't talk very much. I'm the only person that talks in the entire company, apparently. That's just his. Don't, don't, don't talk to talkers. And outside of this YouTube channel, I go days without speaking. So I guess that kind of balances out for me. Next type of employee that you want to avoid, and this isn't at any fault of their own, is you don't want to hire what you think you should hire. Let me explain what that means. So when you go and you're building a company, you're going to think you need to hire people who worked at Salesforce or some other big company or have some big lofty titles. What you need to hire when you're building a company is people who can get stuff done and are really smart and frankly, aren't businessy. 
You don't want to find people that work or work at larger companies because what happens is you have to understand when a company is evolving and when it's going from its startup phase to its first, I don't know, $200,000 a month phase, it's a rebel company and you're not going to be able to bring people in who are from big companies. They're not going to fit in because big companies work completely differently. They work like a political or a bureaucratic machine. They're very organized or system oriented. And these people, they're very good at what they do, but there has to be a working engine for the business. There has to be a predictable amount of revenue coming in and they're really good at optimizing the business and then managing teams to go and build the things in the business. When you first start a business, you are a bunch of rebels. It's not about systems. It's not about going and optimizing things. It's about making the engine work in the first place. And what you need is you need hardcore mechanics who get in the nuts and bolts, get in the trenches and do that kind of stuff. You don't actually want that type of people as the company gets much larger because then they're still doing stuff and they're not building systems and optimizing the company for scale. However, you hire scale people and optimization people at the wrong phase, they're super expensive because they usually have big lofty titles, they're leaving a big company and they're not really going to be able to deliver. And so you're going to lose a ton of money in recruiters. You're going to lose a ton of money in their salary. And it's just going to be super duper awkward. You just need to know exactly what phases you need to be hiring for in business. So that's the four. Don't do those things. If you want to get about 30, 40 hours worth of business training and how to actually grow businesses, subscribe, hit the notification button and smack that notification bell. Because about once a week, I post in my community tab, a link to about 40 hours worth of courses, paraphrase, it could be like 25 to 40 that I used to sell for a combined little bit over $3,000. I don't sell courses to beginners anymore. I just give them away for free for people that subscribe to my channel. So if you wanna make sure that the algorithm shows you that post, subscribe. Now, on top of not being stupid like me, the best thing you can also do that helped me the most is mastering self-discipline and control over your mind. If you look at the videos after this video, those are the three videos that have helped me the most by going minimalistic, understanding something called nightmare mode, which basically keeps my dopamine levels super low so I enjoy work, and in understanding how to do a dopamine detox, which is basically a huge reset button that gets you addicted to working and doing all the things you don't actually find fun, like watching educational videos or reading a book, which are really useful for being successful. So, um, and so, um,